Thanks for tuning in to Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guests today are musical ministers from Northampton, UK. Arlene and Linda Tuckley, welcome to Upward Way. Blessed to be here. It is also my joy to have you as guest today, and I can just see the joy on your faces, which tells me that quite a fantastic story to share with us as sisters in Christ and sisters biologically. Could you just share a little about what you do in terms of your ministry? We're gospel singers. We've been singing gospel music about over 40 years. We're songwriters and we lay preachers. Yeah, we write songs as well. And um, we're quite busy, yeah. <laughs> quite busy doing, we're doing a lot of Zoom work at the minute, in essence, a lockdown. We've been all over the world from our house. <laughs> if anybody had said to us... Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago when the lockdown started, you would be singing, up to this day, 4,660 songs, we wouldn't have believed them. But that's how many we've sung. Here and we've, there. We've marked off in tens because we've done several platforms and you want to know what you've done where. And it just built up to it. Today, it's 4,660. In terms of your faith journey, share with the audience a little about your background, when and how your faith journey began. Um, we, wasn't born, we wasn't born Christians. We wasn't born Adventists. But um, our mum came to, she came to church when we was about four years old. When we were about nine years old, um, they moved away from the church and... Uh, just shift away and say, so, you know, children, you do what your parents do. In our 20s, um, our mum said to front, I want to go back to church. She said, right, we'll come back with you. And that's where it all started. <laughs> okay, so you said while you were young adults, and what was it like for you when you would say you returned to church? You know, what was the reception like maybe from the membership, etc.? I was welcomed. Yeah, I was welcomed, yeah. You just shared earlier that you have ministered across the world. I can't remember exactly what year, if it was 2014 or thereabout, but I saw where you went to Jamaica to minister, and that is where... Oh, yes, I went to Jamaica twice. 2012, we went the first time. That was with uh, an evangelist, Gary Harrison. Um, we did a lot of work with Gary Harrison. He was a good preacher, and um, we went several places with him. And then he died in 2014, and his, his family asked us to sing at the funeral. We're doing now a lot of work with um, Elder Searchwell, Time is at Hand Ministries. We're actually doing a campaign now. We had a very bad storm in Scotland two days ago and knocked his internet out and electric out. It's in limbo at the minute, hoping to get the internet sorted out. It's really a little bit sad hearing what has happened in, in terms of the weather. You're also not only singers, but also lay preachers. So, you know, how do you balance the, the two music ministry? Lay well, what happened, um, we, was, we went to lay preachers course um, years ago and um, we did two parables, didn't we? Anyway, 
uh, the person who was going to preach in our church was sick. That was rugby church. The rugby church was sick. And so they asked the minister in Northampton for some elders. He said, all the elders are out preaching. But I've got a lay preacher's training, you know, who was in training. And he read out the names and said, well, that's the twins. Now, how do you connect two parables together doing a sermon? So we did with a song at the beginning. You did the first I parable. I did the first parable. Then we've got a song in the middle, and I'll finish it up with the second parable. And a song at the end. A song at the beginning, one preached, a song at the middle, and then the other one preached, and we finish off with a song. And that's how it's, that's how it's continued. So you are saying it's like a release. So one person do, let us say, does the meditation song, then the other person preaches. Then in the middle, you switch roles. We um, sing together, though. We sing we sort of both songs together. And then they say, which one preached? We said, both of us. Because we dress the same when we do ministry, not in normal life, but when we do ministry, we dress the same, we dress the same like we are doing now. <laughs> mm. It's a joy. I, I can imagine it must be a fantastic joy to do ministry. And I'm going to get into what I consider, you know, some hard-hitting questions. Because many individuals, they invest time into their careers. They are focused on their academic pursuits. They are focused on building maybe houses, acquiring land, property, etc. But the spiritual dimension is oftentimes neglected. Now, how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth? Well, it's, it's Bible study, prayer Bible study, and reading a spiritual prophecy, you know, and um, studying. I mean, listen to... Um, programs on zoom yeah, we join a lot of programs mm-hmm. at the moment it's half past five in the morning there's a group of us um, from prayer retreats and we are we do a um, part of a chapter of patriarchs and prophets so we've done the great controversy so patriarchs and prophets and continue from that and then we discuss it you know the paragraphs at the time you know so we're all learning together you must neglect you can't neglect your spiritual life that's the most important you've got a roof over your head food on your on your table Shoot on your feet. What more do you need? You know, got to concentrate on up there. <laughs> Lay treasure in heaven. That's right. Where mm. moth and rust don't get it. The jobs we had, we could leave at work. That was it. When you're home, you're not worried about your job. That's it. You're not anchoring after this, that and the other. I think I missed a little part of something you said about work. Could you just repeat that segment? We were always fortunate to have jobs where you can leave at work. When you leave where you're working, you leave your job there. You leave your job there. And so it had its proper place, and that was it. But you know, some people have got, they've got jobs 24 7. When they're home, they're just still doing, doing, doing. Or they're on call or something. On call, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Your job can't save you. (laughs) As I will say, you are throwing stones. We were just blessed. You know. Yeah, I mean, some jobs you can't leave it. You can't leave it. Yes, and that is really an important element where you're able to decompartmentalize. You're able to separate both. So very important. Now, in terms of challenges that you might have encountered throughout your lives, what maybe would have been one of the greatest challenge that you would have encountered? And also, what would have been your strategy for overcoming that challenge a few things happen in our life but not not what i call real big challenges the thing that stands out year 2000 wasn't it well it wasn't a challenge but um our brother died tragic circumstances our mum had a massive stroke week after she was taken to hospital you know in the hospital 
And then two weeks after that, we got hit in the back by somebody that thought they'd use our car instead of his brakes. That was written off. The car was written off and I got whiplash, you know, and that happened within the space of two weeks. And, you know, um, the Lord helped us, though. He helped us through it. You know, you, you, you mean to have time to mourn for our brother because we've got our mum to look after then and we looked after her for six and a half years and we was grateful that we didn't have to put her in a home anything, you know, because it's not easy. And... Um, she had another stroke, and then three years into that, she had, you know, kidney problems, and she had to have dialysis. And so, so but we looked after through that, and uh, I think we learned a lot through that experience. Yes, I did. Yeah. Persons would hear you talk about your experience, and you have said quite, I would say, correctly in your case, but you haven't had any, would say, serious challenges. But what you have encountered, you know, in terms of the accident, having your mom sick, that is something that many would consider to be serious, you know, life-changing. It was, it was life-changing. But you speak about it in a way as if, you know, it's really nothing, you know. What, what is it that gives you that assurance? What, what is it that makes your challenges seem so minuscule? I think you've got to take it to God in prayer. You can't do it on your own, you know. And those people who go really down under this because they haven't got God in the life, you know. God will see you through anything. You know, he promised us he won't bring on you more than you can bear. And we had our church brothers and sisters, they was with us. They was with yeah. us through it, yeah. Yeah, helped us with it. When you look at our family, this is it. <laughs> We've got no immediate family. No immediate family at all. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> When I read the Bible, you know, I hear about Melchizedek, <laughs> was the high priest. Tell me some more about it. Well, um, our parents are dead. Our one sibling's dead. You know, immediate family. Okay, okay. We're just a unit, isn't it? Yeah. Just a... <laughs> We've got a church family, which might, they, just, they just pulled around us, you know, when all that happens, you know. Sort of the funeral out, everything, didn't they? Yeah, for our brother. Yeah, for our brother did. And he even went up to it, because he died 80 miles away in Swindon. And they all came to Swindon, because that's where he was buried, you know, the funeral was. And uh, they all came with us. And my mum couldn't come because she was in the hospital with this stroke. And, um, you know, so they just rallied round. As the song says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Mm. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It is such a joyful feeling. And as you have hit on that point, I, I, I must also, you know, give it a few blows to say that individuals who are going through challenges, difficulties, your life is going smooth. It's good to have quality support around you because having that addition family, your church family being able to support, it has mm -hmm. tremendous difference in your experience. There's no doubt you enjoy ministry. Has God mm. an assignment that you, you said, God, I don't think this one is for me, or God, I can't handle this one? We just go where the Lord leads, really, you know. Uh, oh, you plan, you know, to share some of your music with us, and I'll give you a chance to do that in a little bit. But in terms of, you know, what it is that drew you to music ministry I, I imagine maybe you found that you could sing from your children but what it is that you know drew you into this whole music ministry we were through school wasn't we yeah um 
Why we realise that God had given us a gift because it's all from God. We was all singing in a lot. It was about five years old. And mm. uh, they was all singing. And, and she started to clash. She said, who's singing? They said, the twins. I was looking around to see who it was. <laughs> and um, we, thought, we thought, oh, perhaps we have got a, a, a gift. But when I was in church, and I was probably age 14, I went back old enough. I'm a mister. She'd teach us a song. Every night we went to bed, she'd teach us a song. Every night. And um, we'd sing it in the week. And the Sabbath morning, in Sabbath school, there was no children in the church, just us. We all sang that song. And that happened for months. And we thought that was quite normal, you know. We didn't know that. So we learned to sing a new song each week. She'd teach us a song and then we'd get and sing it. And she said, if we went wrong, we went wrong together. We still do that <laughs> as well. <laughs> you rewrote really the song on the spot when you've forgotten the words. <laughs> The next question along those lines, you know, if you could describe the impact of your music, your ministry, both on your lives and that of your audience, what has been the impact of your ministry on your own personal lives and then on the lives of those you would have ministered on to? Well, it certainly gave us something to do in the pandemic <laughs> when everybody was locked in the houses. You know, I was glad that God gave us a ministry to do to share with other people. Because we have travelled quite a lot, you know, we've been to Africa 10 times, physically, but more times on Zoom. <laughs> and uh, uh, other places, um, Philippines, America. Mm-hmm. The Lord's really blessed us. And people have said we've been a blessing to them. So that's, you know, it's nice to be appreciated. Um, and the songs that we sing, not just repeat, repeat, repeat. And um, it's, got got message, it's got that content. content. And it's got to be biblically based. If we sing a cover song and, and it's not right, we tweak the line so it makes it right. You can't, you've got it, you can't be singing the things that's not in the Bible. You know, so it's very important. The words are very important. You know, I'm happy you have mentioned this. I wasn't going to quiz you along these lines, but I'm happy you mentioned that the messages must be biblically sound ask you why not because i don't know but just for the listeners to understand why is this so important because the truth sets you free you can't end up singing lies you know it's a it's a witness you know and um, you've got you know the truth you've got to jesus was why the truth and the life and um you can't sing lies in in a song because the song's pretty you know you've got to it's got to be truth i mean you get some great writers who've written beautiful songs One song would be perfectly set of sound, biblical doctrine. The next song isn't, it's off. You know, state of the dead. You know, especially the state of the dead. Some people believe when you die, you go straight to heaven, but the Bible doesn't teach that. You know, so you've got to be very careful. Amen. We have to recognize it. It has to do with a ministry and you are trying to reach people so that they can hope in their hearts to receive Christ. Now, I'm just going to give you an opportunity at this time to share with us one of the songs that you'd have prepared. You could maybe tell us first the title and maybe a little history behind it, if it's an original, and then you will share. This is an original song called Here Are They. It's based on uh, the saints waiting for Jesus to come. They're keeping the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. And um, we also call this a miracle song. We wrote this song probably about two or three years ago. It could be longer than that. And then a few, about, probably about nine months ago, our friend did a backing track for us. 
And then a few months ago, Elder Searchwell, who we work with, um, an evangelist, he says, have you got a song on Revelation 6, verses 12 to 17? I thought, no. Perhaps we could do a scripture song. And we'd only go back a day or two to do it in. And the Lord impressed me, try this tune. And it fit perfectly. So we don't know whether to do it here or there, or should we do the scripture song in the same tune? Or would you want both of them? <laughs> I think we'll do it here or there. We'll do it here or there. We'll do the original song. This is what uh, the Lord blessed us with. such a beautiful song amen wow <laughs> wow 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 listening to songs that that you just want to go to heaven to see what it will we do we do we also our song has to have a meaning we're looking for our rescue from the sky <laughs> things are getting bad down here i'll tell you <laughs> well listening to you sing makes me want to throw it on my earphone throw it on my microphone get out of podcasting <laughs> from singing <laughs> just the same so what a powerful thing when we can use our talents to serve the lord talking about serving god and you know how he sometimes works in our lives for me i've seen god 
showing his sense of humor in my life on quite a few occasions. I want to ask you a question along the very same lines. You know, have you ever had encounters or even an encounter with God where you just stood back and you marvel at his sense of humor? And, and I'm asking this because, you know, sometimes people think of God as just, you know, rigid and just strict and austere. We don't see him as, you know, having a sense of humor. So what has been your experience? with God showing you his sense of humor. You think about that one? <laughs> As you think about it, maybe I can make it a little easier. You know, you would have gone through a situation and at the end, when you look at how God has pulled you out, it just leaves you laughing or just leaves you smiling. So it's something like that. Well, God's always been with us on our travels, hasn't he? Mm. We've had, oh, yes, we've had, we've had several experiences traveling. Like to change planes in Kenya. Mm. This is a funny story. The plane was like we'd got quarter of an hour to catch our connection. And this man, the elder search rail through, had gone through, we did a, a campaign. And uh, he let, let him through. Then they put the barrier up when we got there. And they said, go and join that queue to get a health. Right. Fill out a health, health form. form. There was about 100 people in the queue. And I thought to myself, and, uh, if we do that, we go to miss our plane. So, you know, there's the ropes and the barriers. I saw a gap in the rope and I ran through and they shout, stop that woman. <laughs> and I looked round and Arlene was following me. Anyway, by God's <laughs> grace, by God's grace, we managed to get to the desk and they were just going to close the... They just um, called us. Terminal, close it. Yeah. They just called us and uh, by God's grace, we got on the plane. The plane was delayed a little bit and some officials got on. So we just got down in our seat and pretended to be asleep. <laughs> we didn't know whether it was after us, but um, by God's grace, we had to run out of Kenya. Fell out criminals. I've never done anything like that in my life before. <laughs> but there was just been, it was just been unreasonable. There was no reason why we had to go and join this queue. Just when, you, when you're just stepping off the plane to get onto another. There was no reason for it. <laughs> the Lord said there was no so there was no reason for it to go through it. <laughs> uh, well, another time we went to Tanzania because we supported the Norfolk in Tanzania and um, was coming back again and uh, got to um, Kilimanjaro Airport, no plane. So about 11 o'clock at night, they put us in a taxi and took us to a, a five-star five hotel. Oh. <laughs> a five-star hotel in uh, Arusha, was it? I think it was, it was somewhere near there. Yeah, and so we stayed there the night. Then the next next day, we um, caught a plane about nine o'clock in the morning to Kenya, and because the plane wasn't leaving till nine o'clock, eleven o'clock that night, we put us in another five star hotel. We always flew at night for um, Tanzania, didn't we? We never actually saw the mountain, but on this morning trip on the plane, we saw the mountain, and we took a photo of Mount Kilimanjaro. So we got four shots. Three had got the tail in it, and this one didn't. That's the best photograph I've took in my life. <laughs> got the whole mountain. We've had some, we've had some um, real, real blessings, haven't we? Yes, we have. Travelling. We've had real, some real blessings. God's been with us. Mm. We've had little challenges as well, haven't we? When you, you was, we were singing and this thing dropped. In the Philippines, this, this is a big beetle about, <laughs> about that big. <laughs> and... Um, all of a sudden, it dropped from the ceiling and landed on my toe. <laughs> I'm glad I was wearing shoes because I don't know what would have happened then. We've got some funny stories. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one about you running 
I felt well. I, I felt well. I, you know, I, I can't say I'm not related, can I? You know, and I felt well. I'm not going to stand here, so I just ran with her. Never run so fast in our life, but we did. As <laughs> we talk about your travels, lest I may forget later on, you know, what would have been some of the countries that you'd have travelled to? I know Zoom has allowed you to travel extra, but what would have been some of the countries that you'd have travelled to? Which country would have been maybe the most memorable? in your mind so it's still questions where have you traveled and then maybe where has been the most memorable for you the country of um uh, traveled and um, we've been to um canada america um philippines jamaica grand cayman several european countries like germany um italy italy um geneva yeah uh, sierra leone Ghana, Uganda. I don't remember. It was it was it was it was in Uganda. Uh, we were doing a campaign and we had to cross. Was it the River Nile? Yeah, is it River Nile? Yeah, it starts from Uganda. You always think the River Nile, and you think it's Egypt. And we've got the right river, yes. <laughs> we had to cross that, didn't we? Yeah. But what I remember in Jamaica was we were doing a campaign in Portland. This was before they had the flyover or whatever it was, the bypass. Flatbridge. Flatbridge. <laughs> you know, Flatbridge in Jamaica. We had to cross that four times four a day. Four times a day. <laughs> it wasn't driving, though. It was a search world drive. You drive anywhere, can't you? <laughs> and, um, but we've heard about a few things about Flatbridge. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, yes. And another, another memorable thing, it would happen in Jamaica. Let's say this one. Yes, we was we were staying at a lady's house. We had dinner and a nice soup. Mm. And in, in the in the <laughs> in the soup in the soup, I saw this. It looked like a little pumpkin. And I, I happened to notice it. I thought, well, I've got one of those. But I thought, oh, I'm going to leave, leave this till last. I bit into it. It was Scotch bonnet. I had <laughs> no idea. I had no idea what it looked like. I'd heard of it. I'd no. I tell you. All table manners went out of the window that day. <laughs> she ran to the sink, she was drinking water, and the Lord impressed me. We'd bought some sachets of aloe juice. Give her one of that, and it stopped it straight away. So if anybody bites into a scotch bonnet, aloe straight away, and it stopped it. I got some high notes that day. <laughs> <laughs> but she, you know, being in a foreign country, you think, well, it's a delicacy. You know, we didn't know what scotch bonnet looked like. We'd heard of it, but we didn't use it ourselves. And obviously, I think you put it in a pan, you're supposed to take it out before you serve up. This one escaped. And another thing, um, we didn't know cashew nuts had a, a fruit. Fruit, we didn't know that. We thought watermelons grew in water until I tripped over one. I said, what was that? Well, that was a watermelon. <laughs> you don't know, if you don't know where, and we also, we didn't know that bananas grow up in Britain when you get your bananas. They're they down. They always put them down. And we didn't know, we didn't know until we saw it in, and that's what I remember in Jamaica. Every morning, we, we stayed at an elder's house, didn't it, and, he, and his wife's. And we, and we got up, we used to knock the coconuts off the tree and off the jelly water. We loved that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just had hard coconuts here, you know, the ones you break your teeth on. <laughs> but we didn't know they got jet. We didn't know what they were like. We, you know, you could get them in Jamaica like that. You know, they were lovely. We enjoyed them. Yeah. And we had some in the Philippines as well. Yeah. You haven't tasted a pineapple till you go to the Philippines. We've, we've certainly tried, you know, the, the fruit of the land. It, it's been lovely. Hearing about all of those tropical fruits. I know. <laughs> Magic. 
<laughs> and you know they're not gee i know like you get here <laughs> i just feel it's so advanced in your ministry i'm going to get back to some questions around music in a while but when we do ministry we always get a sense that god is laying something else or something extra on our hearts to do so the question is, what it is that you feel that God is inviting you to do at this particular moment? So maybe if you could start a, another ministry, or if you could expand on your current ministry, what would you say that would be? And then who would it serve? Well, recently we've um, started um, running a food bank. That's for people who have the benefits of, benefits of not come through. And um, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Mm. And another, work, another one we've, we've started getting on for a year now. Um, every Tuesday morning, we teach children a new song a week on, on, on the prayer retreat. So we belong to the prayer retreat ministry. And uh, we teach the children a new song every week. And then they sing it on Sabbath because they have a little program Sabbath and they'll sing the song. So it's like what we did when we were children. Had to learn a song and sing it Sabbath. We're passing it off. And these songs, because some of them we've written in, like in the 80s when we was teaching children in Sabbath school, you know, and they've laid dormant and we're getting them all out again, they're using them. And, you know, children are learning them. So we've expanded in those two areas. But, you know, whatever the Lord calls us to do to forward the cause of heaven, you know, the gospel. Yes, whatever the Lord asks us to do, we are willing. What advice would you have for someone who may want to follow in your footsteps because right now you are doing full-time ministry and it's not just music but you know full circle evangelism what advice would you give someone who might be contemplating going into ministry full-time whether it's music ministry or any kind of ministry that's say on prayer take prayer. it to the lord in prayer and don't don't style yourself at anybody go as the lord leads because you get these carbon copies of somebody else, you know, especially in the pop world and that, you just see it and, um, you know, um, make God your focus, not anybody else. Amen. And also, what is your favourite song to sing? I know each person has a favourite. Sometimes the audience has favourites, but what about you? What is your favourite song to sing? I've got so many favourites, it's hard to pick out one, <laughs> the one you're doing at the time. <laughs> um yeah, we've got so many favourites. So many. Yeah. You can't you can't really um you can't sort of know one, can you? Yeah. If it's got good words and a good tune. All right, maybe later it, it might come to memory. Earlier you shared a bit about, you know, with the pandemic, most individuals have to be ministering online. What would you say? has been the impact of the internet on your own ministry? Well, we get contact. We had one, one sister, she was from South Africa, and she just said at the end of the prayer retreat at ministry and the programme, can the twins come and sing for us in South Africa on Zoom, you know? And that's, you know, they just, um, and so we were still, you know, you know, you just get contacts, don't you, through it? Yeah. We get texts, uh, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so. We've got one this week. Uh, can we sing for... The Morning Church in America, um, Boston Seventh-day Adventist Church. I think it's called Berean, uh, next Sabbath. And that's about half past one hour time, you know. And at the moment, we're sort of doing live church with Zoom, aren't we? Mm. 
our churches get open again, so we have to fulfil our Zoom commitments and also go to church as well. It's both important, you know, you know, because some people still can't go to church, and so you can't just say, "Well, I'm going to church," and leave them. You know? And then on the other hand, you're not supposed the assembling of brethren together. together. Yeah. At the end of the, like, the morning service, we still go to our church to see everybody. You know, if we can't, like this week we do. You know, go and see everybody if we can't. You know, because we had to do some ministry. But I think it was in um, uh, where's that place in Scotland? Do can't remember the name of the place. It came then, but it went. <laughs> Inverness. Inverness. Yeah, we did the, We did a sanctuary divine service for Inverness. Well, I I love that selflessness as you shared. Sometimes you have to be physically at church. Sometimes you have to commit mm-hmm. to online requests, but. And sometimes you're up at three o'clock in the morning. Mm. We had to do one for it. Was it America? In America, wasn't it? It was a, a light one for them. It was up three o'clock in the morning to do their divine. Yeah, but yeah, something like that. Anyway, but it was, was up three o'clock in the morning to do it anyway. I'm going to have an opportunity to do another song that I know you have prepared to share with us. But before you do that, you know, there are other listeners who may want to get in touch with you. So, if persons want to get in touch with you, what are the steps that they would need to take? Do you have a website, a Facebook page, anything like that? How would they be able to connect with you? We're on Facebook, aren't we? Yeah, we're on Facebook. We're not really up in it that, but we are on Facebook and uh, <laughs> we try our best to use it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're on Facebook and YouTube, we're on YouTube as well. Facebook probably message on there. We try and keep up with it, but we're not always that good, are we? <laughs> no, my new phone, I haven't got it even sorted yet, but Linda's on there. And what about maybe like email? Yeah, email, email yeah. yeah. Okay. Tucklytwins.aol.com. So if you could just, you know, slow it down a bit so that the listeners will get the chance to get it. Tucklytwins.aol.com. All lowercase. Okay, and that is U-C-K-L-E-Y-T-W-I-N-S, twins, at aol.com. Okay, so I'm just going to say that one more time for the listeners. If you want to get in touch with the Tuckley twins, Arlene and Linda Tuckley, it's T-U-C-K-L-E-Y-T-W-I-N-S at aol.com. That's a good way to connect via email. All right, so I'm just going to give you the opportunity now just to share with us that second song. Uh, this song is called Promised Reunion. One of the learned recently, it's a, it's a cover song. It's got some lovely words, but we tweak the second verse. Adapted is a better word. Jesus stood on the night 
simply inspirational beautiful song once again many people are looking forward to the reunion many people have lost loved ones especially in this um these times so that's the song we sing many places and to give them courage yes it's indeed a very comforting song i must say thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to share with us today not only your story but your powerful music ministry for my listeners my guest today have been Arlene and Linda Tuckley they go by the name Tuckley twins they are musical ministers from Northampton UK my sisters just before we go do you have any parting words to share with our listeners keep the faith there's nothing in this world worth losing eternal life for we have to put god first and pray about what ministry the lord wants you to do because we all need to have a ministry you've been in tuned to upward way do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith you can subscribe to weekly episodes on apple spotify listen notes and podcast guru or go to the app store and download the awr app you're also welcome to visit our facebook page click like and leave a comment Until then I am Marlon Walter saying goodbye may God bless you You've been listening to the Upward Way podcast the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world